Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. To buy or not to buy, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outraged short-sellers or to take arms against the sea of troubles, that is is what we're going to talk about today. Good morning, everybody. Spencer Shakespeare this morning. <laughs> That's impressive. I did not do well in any of the show. I never did. You read the books, Spencer, when you were in class and you're in your English class. You probably read all the books, didn't you? The Shakespeare books. That you why? Why would you read the mandatory the books? Shakespeare books? I never read them. Cliff did notes. You? Did you read them, Joel? Joel, no way. Read Cliff them. notes. Cliff notes. Cliff yeah. notes. I bet you Spencer did read them though. Spencer probably enjoyed them too. Uh, some more than others. <laughs> some more than others. Yeah. Anyway, like Romeo and Juliet, and there was like Hamlet. We had to read. I didn't understand any of them. Like I couldn't. Like I obviously I'm not smart enough. I couldn't understand any of them. So I did not appreciate Shakespeare. But you know what? If I did read them, I think Spencer just did a fantastic impression Thank of you. William Shakespeare. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my, my old pal, Bill. That is the question today, to buy or not to buy. If I can quote Joel from like 20 minutes ago, he said, today is the most important day for the market ever. Uh, whether or not that's true is really up up, up, uh, up, up for debate. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, yesterday, the sell-off, the overnight rally, what it means going forward, what you should do today. We have a couple of individual headlines, Micron, et cetera. But the overall market will be the theme of the day. Joel Kulina from Wedbush Securities will be our guest at 8.35. A lot to get to before I throw it to Joel. And before I bring on Joel's charts, I just want to remind everyone that coming up next is the Benzinga Small Cap Healthcare Conference Day 1 of 2 starts today right after this show. We'll be joined right off the bat by uh, Mark Charest and Paul Uyuk from LifeSci uh, Funds. And we're talking healthcare. We're talking the sector. We're talking individual stocks all day long bzsmallcap.com. Let's bring up my overlay if I have it there. There it is, right? bzsmallcap.com. Winner free year Benzinga Pro. Go to that website. Check it out. That's going to come up right after this show. Hit that like button for Joel and his charts. They're on the screen. Joel, how are we doing this morning? To sell and to sell short. That, <laughs> that is the to sell or to sell short. That is the or question. to do both. I, I, I agree with both. It, you know sell what? It, or sell it, short. It might that, be t- that's what that's what I'm looking at. It might be too obvious, Adam. Though you know, it we really can, is. Like it, I woke up and I was, oh, this is a hit. The rally. This is a hit. The bid market for sure. Go ahead, I, Joel. I, I got up. And I looked at my phone at like uh, five fifteen, and we were trading over uh, forty three seventy, and I I just I couldn't help myself, and uh, so I got up. I and hit a bid, no big deal. And I was in the pool by five thirty-five. Hit the morning. bid, then hit the then hit, hit the, the pool. pool. Yeah, we caught a bid. Yeah, we closed. We caught a bid. We didn't even see that closing price uh, from yesterday. Forty-five and a quarters low. We got to seventy-eight, seventy-five. Not much up here, folks. The interday high from yesterday was over 4,400. So I'm just using this 7875 tar- as a target for any longs. And if we get beyond that, I will not necessarily shorten it, but I'm not going long above that level. Crude down uh, 43 cents after making a new high for the move at 7485. 
Gold laboring at the 1750 area, up six dollars at 1743.50. Silver laboring at the $22 level, down 16 cents at 22.30. Bitcoin up 940. Quiet old Bitcoin here at 42,540. Ethereum's kind of sleepy too here, finding support up $91.75 at $2,940. There's a look at some of your commodities and futures. Spencer, what do you got? You got some fancy graphics for us? What do you got going on? Uh, well, yeah, the graphics are back today after a uh, unplanned absence yesterday. Uh, but yeah, let, let's just talk overall market here, right? I mean, th- that's that's the question. Um, you know, we we had you know the headlines. You, you've all seen them, right? Worst day for the S and P since uh, was it was in Mar- I'm losing track now. It was March or the Nasdaq was March. The S and P was May. Um, uh, the Russell, even the Russell, even the holier than oh, that. The Russell Russell. went down. I know. Oh, right. then it's okay. Then the market went down if the Russell went down. But That's uh, it. Well, so what do you do here now? Because if you come in overnight, as Joel just said, the S and P's are higher. The futures, right? Uh, futures are higher, kind of, kind of across the board. What do you do today? We just had a big old red day. Not the first time we've had that in the last week, week and a half. But we, and the last time we did, last Monday, we bought that dip, didn't we? The rest of the week, we bought that dip. So now the question is, do we buy this dip? Or is this a sign of more selling? Yeah, that you already, was yesterday. You already yeah, that the was the dip. They've already, they, that was yesterday at the close, buying the dip. Okay. That was yesterday's trade. So I, I would say, yeah, you're not buying a dip. You're up 25 handles. That's not the definition of a dip. <laughs> yesterday yesterday was the dip. Yeah, it was so coming in and chasing this dead cat bounce, yes, I called it, I think is the wrong move. I think obvious Adam. Now, what did you say? Obvious Adam is an alliteration. What did you say, Joel? To sell or sell short. No, but Adam, you're saying that. But anyways, I think the obvious very Adam, obvious that's, trade, that's and maybe it's wrong because it's just too obvious, too obvious to sell yeah. the can, can can we just stop? And I just want to. This is going to bug me if I don't say anything. I think I think we need to refrain from using the term "dead cat bounce" for anything that is not like an asset that's going to zero, right? Like the "dead cat" being the, the key word there, right? The market is not a dead cat. Uh, maybe it, maybe the bounce. You might think that the bounce this morning or overnight is is stupid or uh, a bounce to sell, but it's going to bug me anyway. I just. Don't think the market can be caught. I, I got it. Do you know cats? No matter where you throw them from, they land on their feet. Hey, that's an analogy from the market. Well, we'll, we'll land. Yeah. Up, we'll land on our yeah. feet. Yeah, I don't want to tell my my story about that. Lisa hates the story I have about that. Uh put it this way: This is coming to the end of the quarter tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I will. I'm going to reserve. You know, I mean, we're we're holding the low from last week. Bullish. Uh we're coming to the end of the quarter. Right. And I did quarterly numbers. Let's see where they come out. I think this is going to be the first time in a long time that, you know, when you look at the quarterly numbers, you know, we're, you know, we're going to close right at or below, you know, my swing level for it. This is it definitely we're a couple hundred points off the high and we're a couple hundred points off the low. And I don't know. I just got this feeling about Q4. We've just made so many all time highs and everything. I think it will either just be a grinder 
or we might have a little bit of a correction. I think there's just too much overhang in the market for us to rip up another 200 handles and make a new all-time high. Okay, so that's, so that's where I'm at. I, I wasn't on the fence, but now I'm very convicted in my opinion to sell the rip this morning. Spencer, can you please bring up my latest tweet that I just was putting together here in the background while Joe was giving his bearish thesis? What What are we looking at? What is this? Bring it up. The guinea, we're looking at the guinea pig indicator here. Okay. Guinea pig indicator because the hamster indicator was all over CNBC yesterday. So I have the guinea pig indicator. So bring it up. We're waiting for it. There it is. It's up. The guinea pig indicator says, and you don't, you know, well, I put the tweet out there too, but the guinea pig indicator says sell the rip. Sell the rip. So I'm, this is not investment advice. We don't give investment advice on the show, but I'm of the opinion that the guinea pig is smart. I'm of the opinion that I think you sell the rip. Is that just a head there? Or is that? It's is just that, a... yeah, it's a bodiless guinea pig. It's just his head. He doesn't have a body. Wait, is that your guinea pig? It's uh, it's Spencer's guinea pig. Oh, I didn't know you guys had it. Anyway, okay, moving on. Anyways, so that's, so, so there you go. So that's, that's, that's the indicator right there. The hamster indicator is gone now. It's now the guinea pig indicator. Guinea pig says sell the rip. I don't know if he's right or wrong. He might be wrong, but. I side with them, Joel. I think you side with them too. So we now have three out, three out of four. Spencer's on the fence. If What's you were Mitch averaging Mitch, down yesterday, if you got caught yesterday and you were just averaging down, right, frowning and average downing, and you get this kind of move here, and it, it gets back to your average cost. You know, I I don't know what everyone's individual positions are, and the traders are what we have, but man. I don't know if your stocks are going to get anywhere near yesterday's high. If they do, it's probably a pretty good sell. And anything that you're long, you know, if it it could easily come down and test the close so easily. Uh, Apple up a buck oh four. That could come that could that come down unchanged? Uh, Microsoft, which is getting pounded. What about that buyback? Are they going to have to increase the buyback in uh, in Microsoft? (laughs) All I know is the market. Joel, the market is all about information. And yesterday you ask us on the show and it's a tough call. It's like, okay, we got a dip. You come in and buy it. You know what happens? We have new information. And that new information was a serious flush. You caught a lot of traders early that were buying the dip and punished them all day. How many times in the first week of September, and, and like Ryan Dietrich said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. But how many times in early September when we started selling off, do we get the flush the flush during the day and then the rally overnight? And then the flush during the day and the rally overnight. And the flush during the day and the rally overnight. Well, yesterday we had the flush during the day and now we get the rally overnight. So I'm going with the trend as my friend. And that trend has been to sell the bounce the day after a big flush. And I'm going to go with that again. I don't have any stats to prove it, but selective perception maybe on my part says that I'm not a buyer of the 25-point rally here today. Not at all. So just just to clarify what he said, he, he said two things. He said he's not a buyer of stocks, and he's anything he's looking to trade today, he's looking to sell. That's I'm selling out of stocks today, like right. some stocks. Am I t- dumping my long-term portfolio? No, they're not. Long-term portfolio hat is not on. There's no hat on. Okay. I should have a hat on. The hair is terrible. But the day trader hat is fully on. And the day trader hat is saying I'm selling and selling short into this rally. That's exactly. just my opinion. I might be wrong. I might be early, but I'm lightening up into this rally. If I was buying the dip yesterday on some stocks, which I did, yeah. I'd be turning around and selling them today. 
Right. That, and, and, and now, does that apply? I'm not sure how we stand in pre-market. Uh, well, okay. I just put on Microsoft, and I just saw, you know, uh, you know, we 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 were off the pre-market highs there. So, like, I, I know, I know, like the the the, the Fang stocks are all we're all trading higher. I don't know what if everything was trading higher this morning or not. I imagine not for the for the stocks that banks were, are struggling. Right. The okay. TLT. You know, we we've got this new market where the TLT is dictating the overall stock market move, and the TLT rallied. It's fizzling. You also have Ever Evergrande. I think a lot of this rally this morning too, Spencer. Just overall market talks, probably Evergrande. They, you know, I don't know if you have the headline for any of it, but they did get some there, money. There, well, there's another overnight. payment. There's another payment due. It, it's due Wednesday, but they got they got some money overnight. They were selling some stock or selling something. I saw that, and they were getting one and a half billion dollars. So they got a little. The, the market tore off on that headline. It broke around seven thirty. We ripped five six points right on that headline. So okay. I don't have it in front of me either, but there's an Evergrande headline out there. We know Evergrande was the start, but I, is Evergrande I, out of the woods here yet? I don't know anything about that. I think it's just a scapegoat for the market sell-off anyways. But technically speaking, I think I'm still sellers. You know what? This is a good point from Easy in the chat. Someone to think about as well. Easy E's in the chat. Easy Mike. Easy. Wait, wait. We got Easy. Oh. We got Easy Mike. Is that the same guy or are they just? No. Uh, right, Easy is always there. No, no. I, easy, oh, there's easy Mike. Though. Something to think right. about is the end of the there's quarter. The end of the quarter. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I know. He said it. I'm. Uh, I so think I, the big boys are locking it in. I, I think they were selling at the end of last week. They're like, they want to secure their bonus for the year. Then just they're gonna just ride off. You know, they're gonna buy some safe stocks. They're gonna they're gonna go into like the Johnson and Johnsons and the Pfizer's and the, the boring boring stocks for the end of the year. They're it's a fantastic point though. Like um, that is a concern if you're shorting stocks into the rally, you know. And I think I'm lightening up into the rally. And I think with my day trader hat, I'm not going up more than a day or two here because you do have to consider that Thursday. So tomorrow would be end of the quarter, and that typically. Is they usually like to, an update. Yep. So maybe you're selling the rally and maybe you're buying a dip at the end of the day if it if it happens like that. And obviously we don't have a crystal ball. We are literally trying to call the tape here. Sometimes Inside we day. do that, sometimes we don't. Inside but... day. Okay. Inside I, day. Yeah. Inside day. Inside day. Well, that's a bold call, actually. Because we had a violent candle yesterday. I think we do challenge yesterday's lows. We'll see what that we do there. Typically when we say end of the quarter window dressing, what what, what that typically means is you see some buying because all, all you know, and the theory you want to have the good stocks. Right, well, right, that's the, that's the theory is that uh, you, you want to show your clients all the big the big uh, managers want to show the clients look at all the good stocks that we own now. Yeah. Um. It, we but in this case they're saying they mean Joel and Dennis are saying the opposite, right? That Joel thinks that all these guys are going to lock in their profits today. Tomorrow, today. I think they have been. I don't think it's just like okay. a one-day phenomenon. I think the selling that you saw at the end of last week, yeah. on Friday, I think Monday was a real rug pull too, right? The way we we were up 10, 12 handles, and then we ended up all of a sudden we dropped fifty handles overnight. What's the last time we had a fifty-point break overnight? It didn't look as bad because you know we are up ten or twelve, and then I don't know if you're a money manager and you're money and you're looking at the chart, you're looking at the spider, you're looking at your returns. You're coming into quarter. You have a Fed that is they're dropping like flies. Um, you know. <laughs> Yes, I think so, man. I'm not going to go into this, but 
you know, you got a Fed doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. I'm going to give you that. Yeah. And, you know, and who knows? I'm not really worried about it. I've said this a thousand times. Interest rates, okay, they're never going back. To, I'll say 4%, 5%. They can't. They, they'll never. They can't. It's mathematically impossible. So, <laughs> mathematically impossible. So it's, you know, so rates are going to go up a little bit. Like Dennis says, are you going to rush into, you know, bonds at 1.5%? Well, I guess it's better than losing money. Right. If the market starts to go down. So I don't know. You, we've always had the rotation. We've always said selling this. We're buying this. We're selling this. We're buying this. Right. There could be a time where they just sell and maybe sit on cat. And then your client calls and the market's down in October. And you're like, well, you know, we're up 18.7 percent this year when we made 22 percent. You know, we bought the bottom last year. And I'm, you know, I'm just. Let's just write it out. You don't owe, you know, the market's not always going to rip up. It's not always going to crash. What the market does most of the time is it just grinds. And I think we're coming up to a grind to lower period. What about Kathy? Look at ARKK. We haven't talked Kathy and given her some love in a while, although I don't know if we've ever given her love on this show. But ARKK, that's a serious breakdown through support, Joel. And... (laughs) I mean, the Kathy indicator says a lot of these little gross stocks. Like, it was a hammer the high multiple stock day yesterday. And some of the biggest winners that have been the biggest winners were some of the biggest losers, like a CrowdStrike. That lost, like, 15 points yesterday. Some of these stocks that are just completely loved, not just picking on Kathy because she doesn't own all these, but she owns a lot of the high flyers. They were hammering those stocks. So I think you get a little bounce in today. This ARKK sets up not bad now from the, you know, the old support of 114 to 115 becomes new resistance now. No? Uh, no. Well, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the go back to the AR, ARKK and I'm, yeah. looking at the, I'm looking at the monthlies here. <laughs> All right. So you're still holding above what the, the four month low. So you could still say that it, you know, it's holding support. But it's just hovering down there for too long. Where was that low, uh, that monthly low, when um, boom, boom, one hundred seven thirty nine? So you're hanging by the, you know, here you chin 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 one eleven eighty one. You took out a, a double bottom on the monthly at one thirteen forty. I mean, this one eleven. I mean, oh, we closed at one twelve fourteen. So yeah, we're trading up a little bit, but there's more downside. And if any of you, I may maybe some of you did, did you bother to listen to the most informative half hour on the markets, on tech stocks, on uh, growth tech, and Fang yesterday? Both Gene Munster and Sean Udall, they are like there. There is no buying the dip in these growth tech right now. They're, they're, they don't want to buy the dip right now. Nope, nope. Both of, them. Of, both of them. Well, the wait, wait. They're all even just, the fang. Even wait, the fang. They're already long up to their eyeballs. So all they're saying is they're not buying more. Let's just. They're let's, waiting though. No, they're. I. Uh, uh, I don't want to give too much disclosure because okay. you guys, you guys should have filled in. But they, the considerable amounts of cash. And they're waiting. And, and there's one sector that they're both really hot on. I'm not going to tell you guys yet because you should have tuned in yesterday. I gave you a hundred different times to tune in from one to one thirty. I'm going to have Wayno write up some articles on it. But yeah, very cautious on the Fang. Very cautious on uh, a lot of these stocks. And so they're they're waiting to buy the dip. We'll wait for the dip. Chad's mentioned this as well. I want to give Tim Quasman credit because he did mention this on Monday's show when he was on. Uh, T plus two would be would be today, right? Because the last day of the quarter, 
No, yesterday, because the last day of the quarter is tomorrow. So he said that that could factor in here. People would, would want to get their selling out of the way. So their books are totally clear by the end of the quarter. Um, since you mentioned Kathy, I brought up the uh, Daily Arc uh, email for the first time. In, What'd she buy? I, What'd she buy? I don't know. I, I haven't looked at this in over a month. Well, it doesn't move later. stocks anymore, so no, it's I know. hard to get interested in um, as a trader. So I don't know what's new here. Uh, I see some, some Tesla selling, uh, 300,000, more than that. More than 300,000 shares of Tesla sold yesterday. Um, we know she's actively trading so i don't know what's new here full disclosure i'm just bringing it up for the first time in a while um i see some success uh, you know she's still buying coinbase still buying robin hood um the usual culprits the usual stuff she uh, likes hey, she likes stocks trading 50 times sales yeah hey let's move on to micron here okay uh th- this was the big earnings report from the after hours session yesterday uh their earnings were okay it's not about that it's about the guidance. It's about the forward-looking statements. And that was uh, not what the street was expecting. Again, the uh, earnings for the prior quarter beat, the sales beat, but the guidance was very light. They gave an earnings per share range for the current quarter of $2 to $2.20 versus an estimate of $2.61 per share. They gave a sales range of $7.4 to $7.8 billion dollars versus an $8.6 billion estimate. So they missed uh, decidedly on both EPS and sales for the current quarter guidance, and the stock got hit off of that. It it, it bounced where it should bounce, Joel. That's the one good news. Do you have a triple bottom? If you're going back, and you know where I'm looking there, is this Mm -hmm. August and August. You had three lows right in the same area. Call it 69 bucks. We'll round it. And we bounced right in that between 68 and 69. You know? So we bounced right where we should. That's your support. That's your critical support. I mean, the trend is not your friend here. It looks broken. It's been coming down. But overall, I mean, you've, you've had, you know, the stock is not expensive. Again, we know this is cyclical. I've been burned with Micron before saying, yeah, it's trading five times earnings. It's good. And then, you know, the cyclicality to the business falls apart and the the earnings come way down. So we know the earnings are very volatile with a stock like Micron. Um, So you can't just say, oh, yeah, it's trading five, six times earnings. I want to buy it. Um, I kind of still still do want to buy it, but I wouldn't want to own it below 68. I'd say 68 would be my stop out. So, again, if you're buying stocks, you always want to look at your risk, then your return. If I was buying this dip today, not that I am because I don't think I'm buying any dips today, but if I was, I'd be leaning on that 68 and a half low. And uh, for me, uh, I have no interest in trying to buy this until it gets above 73.10 and holds. Guilty until proven in a yep. Me and Joel yep. on the same page yep. here. Yep. Yep. That was a close from yesterday. It's just been whipping around. There was a bunch of lows in the 73 area, 7310, close street leaning the right way while the market was going down yesterday. So the buy the dippers, they're going to come in today. They're going to come in hand over fist. They're going to get this green on the session, and then it's going to be a reset. So that's what I'm looking at in Micron, MU. Any other stocks moving off this this morning, chip stocks? I imagine we're yeah, talking about already reported, right? That's it. You know, Micron's yeah. like the last to report. We are literally like, we can't get close to the end of the quarter than right now, <laughs> September 29th. So we're ready to go on to the next quarter. We're looking ahead okay. to the next quarter. So, um, you know, obviously there's other chips, lots of other chips, but I don't think there's much response here. No. All right. Let's move right along here. Um, 
here's one that I would I think this sets up nicely for a sell. Loosen Motors, L L C I D. This is a stock. This is a stock that has gone this month. Loose, it's gone from sixteen to like twenty. Well, it got to twenty eight the other day, but it got to twenty. It got to twenty seven. Got to twenty seven this morning. From sixteen to twenty seven this month, off of news that was already known. The, the news here that you're probably seeing today, or maybe you saw it yesterday. I don't know because uh, they had their production days. Yes, we have started production. We are going to actually have cars come off the line. We're going to deliver those cars to the customers that have already paid for them. And this is great news for us. This is not even new. They've said this. They've said October deliveries, October production. That's what they've said. They said deliveries to begin in late October. That was always kind of known. Um, again, from 16 to 24 in three weeks, or I guess four weeks. Um Sell pack and, and this specific pop this morning up 5.75% is what Mr. Alcon was alluding to. This is from being the CEO being on CNBC. So, the CEO pops on CNBC stock rips from 24 and a half to 26 during the interview. It's still holding on to those gains. I love fading CNBC pops, it's one of the easiest strategies. It doesn't work 100% of the time, but I pretty I, I can say confidently it works more than 50% of the time. So if your strategy works somewhere between 50 and 100% of the time, it's a winning strategy. Fading CNBC pops is a winning strategy in the long run. And buying CNBC pops is a losing strategy in the long run. On any individual stock, they can do anything. This is a storied stock. The stock could travel. It hasn't given it back. So that's the one good thing is that it's been holding up for a long time since that interview at 4.30 yesterday. But again, this is the kind of stock where I'm not chasing it up and yeah, I'd be more inclined to sell it. Right okay, now. let me just say this for the people that are really bullish Lucid. That's fine. Lucid could be the next Tesla. I have absolutely no idea. If it is, though, then the best thing that you could probably do is dollar cost average the entire time, right? Take emotion out of it. Say to yourself, I'm going to buy this stock. I'm going to buy whatever, 50, 100 shares every every week or whatever, every month. What Do it, whatever it is you want to do and do it every set period if you really think it's tesla. if you really think it then that's fine yeah. but don't th- that, tesla. that's how you do it that's that that's how you w- that's how the best investors did tesla back in the day right they just dca their way in they scaled their way in that that's what you should be doing too um, if you like it if you love it if you love it it I, has a market cap of 42 billion dollars so it better be the next tesla cuz you're paying for it you are paying for it <laughs> $42 billion. How many cars are they supposed to deliver? Oh, I'll tell you. In October, oh, okay, so they have 13,000 bookings, right? They don't and, have any sales yet. Well, that's what that is. The, 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 the stupidity but, of this market is just but it's But it's a soft number, right? It, I mean, but this is the market we're in. It's a storied stock. Um, it, it, a $41 billion, they're saying you know, that this company is going to be better than Ford. And, you know, it's a bad comparison. I did this comparison five years ago with Tesla, and I got burned badly on it. But, I mean, Ford's market cap is $56 billion. Lucid is $41 billion. So, I don't know. You're saying that this company is basically going to be number two, you know, or whatever in EV because they don't have anything else. I, I think it's insane to pay $41 billion for Lucid. That's just my opinion. I think it's you, insane. Are you guys... You people throw Fisker back in my face just before your point, Joel. People throw Fisker back and say, well, you're long Fisker. Fisker's market cap is $4 billion. So, And they do have the deal with Magna. So I'm paying one-tenth of the cost of Lucid. 
So that's, you know, if it's a $4 billion market cap, it's like, oh, okay, well, there's some growth. $41 billion, they're already pricing in some serious sales. So that's a big market cap, man. That's a big market cap. Are you guys ready for my best dentist imitation ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm so ready. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Go to, I know you want to show me what I'm doing this. Go to the 4 a.m. pop. You have Kramer on. Uh, he, the the company's on Kramer. You wake up at 4 a.m., right? And you get a pop to 2718. Folks, if you're waking up at 4 a.m. and you're buying the Kramer news, you're doing yeah. it wrong. Yeah. You, you are. are absolutely doing it wrong. And that opened up right in, or it got right close to your two-day high, which was 27.27. So if you're out there, you might have missed it. Now you've leaked over a buck from that level. You're doing it wrong, folks. If you're getting up and you're chasing stocks at 4 a.m., yeah. now we've already leaked over a dollar, right? And we, you're going to have to check off the open. You're going to have to take out yesterday's high, and now you're 50 cents off that. So I'm looking at that as resistance. And then the extra major double important support is on that low from yesterday at 24.15. Once you crack that, you say hello to 22. So that was my dentist rant on. I have one more comment on this too. Commenter in the chat. Wow. So Lucid is the next Ferrari. I, I, I have, I've upset some people in the chat, I think. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Somebody in the chat said Lucid is the next Ferrari. So we we so that's okay okay so let's say it is the next Ferrari. How many people drive Ferraris? Stop. The next so Ferraris market cap is which is race awesome ticker symbol by the way is fifty fifty three billion dollars. Lucid is forty one. So it better be the next Ferrari because it almost has the same market cap as Ferrari. So so that, that, that there you go. So if that's the upside. If you think it's the next Ferrari, well okay, it's got ten billion dollars worth of market cap. It can go up twenty percent if it turns into the next Ferrari. It's got twenty. Right. It's got ten right. million dollars worth of upside. So you're talking eighteen percent, right? About eighteen yeah. percent. Yeah. If it's not the next Ferrari, it's going down a long way. <laughs> so I think the risk reward. I might be wrong. Maybe this is the next Tesla. Maybe it's going to have a seven hundred billion dollar market cap, and it's going to be everybody's going to be driving Lucids or whatever the hell they're they're called. And you know what? When I'm in my the air, uh, the when, air. when the I air. move into my metaverse, okay. I'm just gonna. Ha- I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna have a car. I don't care about electric cars. I'm just gonna put on we my virtual reality glasses, and I'm gonna say I need to go to the store. And then, uh, uh, you know, a driverless car. I don't know who's gonna make it. Is gonna show up at the front door, or you know, and they're gonna take me there. And then I'll do my. And it will wait for me. And then it will take me home. I mean, I just. There's gonna be less cars on the road. Who's gonna be making them? I don't know. But, uh, it's all going to be know. Lucids and Teslas. Apparently, yeah. so. lot, hey, I, I, I want to get to this one on the stock real fast. Then we'll get Joel Clean on from Wendy Bush. Dollar Tree, you're, if you're seeing it trading off this morning, they added to their buyback this morning. They added uh, one over a little over a billion dollars to their buy- buybacks. are just It's been a record. This, this shouldn't be a surprise, but it's been a record year for buybacks across the board. Microsoft. Did, did so, you see the first Dollar Tree headline before the buyback? Go uh, back further in your pro. Price increases? <laughs> what, what combo store? What? what uh, they're yeah. They're actually um, okay, Dollar looking Tree. At, they're uh, looking at increase. They're 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 checking. Oh, dollar, tree, dollar Tree Plus. Hey, one dollar and up. 
<laughs> yeah. So so you got Dollar Tree jacking prices too. You know inflation <laughs> got issues when the Dollar Tree's looking at going to two dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's... You know what? Dollar Tree has the power to pass these costs on, though, I believe, because now they can just change the name to $2 Tree. And people are like, I go in there and get something for two bucks still. So, you know what? Dollar Tree actually still has the power to pass this through. And they are going to do it. What about Five Below? Are they going to change the name? Below. To, are they Five Above? They'll just change the name to Ten Below. Or five so the, above. So they're okay too. Well, it's it's like in, in New York where they have the 99 cent up stores. Leaking. Right? We're leaking. We're leaking bad. Holy we're cow, bad. that guinea pig indicator. Yeah. It's already up 10 handles. We don't, it, the <laughs> guinea pig just gave us opinion 20 minutes Look ago. Look at this. That guinea pig's good. Wait, uh, who's listening? Don't be hitting bids, folks, when we're talking on the show. That's not <laughs> fair. Yeah, we want to hit these bids when we get done talking on the show. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> What a time to be alive. The, the the guinea pig is driving the market. The, the guinea Yankees, pig indicator, man. The, the, the Yankees are winning because they have a pet turtle. It's just time, the, the Yankees going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Jay is going to make the playoffs. No, I, 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 I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to talk about I mean, it. That's how much – I mean, baseball I mean, baseball is for old people, <laughs> and I'm old. And I don't even – I don't. I couldn't even oh, – wait, the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers got the best record in baseball or the Giants? No, the the the, the Giants do. But it's the not Giants. a there because they're both going to be in. Uh, it's 8.35. Let's get Joel clean on. Uh, save the show, Joel. Save the show. Joel. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joel asked if his appearance on our show is going to mark the bottom. So let's ask Joel that question. Joel, good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joel is the head of technology and media tra- uh, trading at Wedbush Securities. Joel, is your appearance on our show this morning the bottom? Well, I, more of a joke. I think I, I was on. I had a media appearance last Tuesday following the Monday bloodbath. So I guess it's a trend, right? You know, uh, you know, sell, I guess the, the guinea pig's right. Sell the rip. Uh, <laughs> it, it worked last week. Um but no, I mean, you know, we I feel like it's almost become a little bit of a broken record. And uh, with, with tech, I think coming out of Labor Day, you know, you really start to see a, a, a shift in mentality and, and price action. As you said, rallies are really starting to be sold, um, you know, and, and I think the epic Apple ruling back on September 10th, as they say, was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. We know that these mega cap tech stocks did a lot of heavy lifting in late August, early September, while, while the technicals and breadth was pretty terrible underneath. Um, and I think it's pretty telling, um, you know, oddly enough, you know, going back to last week and even yesterday, I mean, yesterday was one of the quietest sell-offs I can ever, probably ever rem- remember, especially with the NASDAQ dropping, you know, 280 basis points. 
there was just no panic. I don't know if guys were positioned for that type of drawdown, but, you know, given the long list of names down, you know, anywhere from five to 8%, I don't know how you can be fully, you know, ready for that type of, uh, that type of move. Um, but it was all fairly orderly, which is the positive. The negative is the tech technology sector is still facing the same myriad of headwinds, you know, coming out of a pandemic, these fit, these tailwinds are continuing to fade. You have rising yields. Um, and that's really the reality. And now they throw in the supply chain bottlenecks, which which are clearly going to be a, a major talking point over the next six weeks, which clearly impacts tech. And that's going to limit that's going to impact sales, which will probably trickle down to impact margins as well. To, to your point, Joel, I keep coming back to the last week when we spoke to uh, three different people uh, that all uh, trade or uh, work trade on the floor of the exchange. And they said that last Monday, the 20th was like just as orderly. Yeah. And non-chaotic a sell-off as one can have. It was just totally normal, and I can't get that out of my head. And and seeing, keep remembering that, and seeing what happened the the back half of last week, and it's hard for me to come in here and say, "Oh no," you know, I, and 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 be be that scared, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's above my pay grade to go too in depth on it, but I mean, yeah. I, market structure it just it, it's a lot different than the market from from old, right? I mean. We know retail's become a bigger, bigger percentage of the daily activity. Uh, quant has uh, become a, a bigger part. ESG is obviously one of the most actively managed strategies out there as well. So there's a lot of different market structures just different. And I don't know if that's leading to active managers of these hedge funds, just activities down. Guys aren't turning over the books like they used to. They're trying not to overthink these one or these want need kind of 24 to 30, 36 hour drops because the past few years, you know, this tape has told us if you overthink these near term moves, you're probably going to be chasing the thing higher, you know, two to three days later, which is, you know, sad. But that's kind of the I think that's what leads to kind of the the, the, the more quiet, sleepy activity the, the day of the big first initial move. You know, what's interesting, Joel, uh, is yesterday was I, I don't even know the last time this has happened. Uh, and you observe this as well was uh, the market was down yesterday, but, you know, it was not down. Was the video game stocks? Yeah, which have been down all year. It seems like, well, and yet on a day when every, most stocks were down yesterday, Activision, EA, Take Two, into the green. Yeah, uh, talk about a plot twist. Well, uh, and, and 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 I'll talk of the video games, but also also keep in mind, I think FXI. You know, right? The China ETF finished up ten basis points as well. When was the last time you could point to Nasdaq being absolutely carried out, and you have the video game stocks trading higher? I think it's. Finally, some maybe signs of supply exhaustion, subsiding of hate selling, and, and maybe investors was kind of rotating, looking for names that have come a lot more uh, attractive from a valuation standpoint. Yeah. Fundamentals haven't changed that much for the video games, right? We know younger generations are still spending the bulk of their uh, their free time, you know, you know, pl playing in front of consoles and TVs. Um, but yeah, so like Activision obviously was was one of the outperformers. They have the Call of Duty launches November fifth. You know, EA has the FIFA 22 launch coming on this Friday. Uh, also, Battlefield, uh, their next Battlefield games going into beta on October 8th. So we also got a few positive, positive kind of, uh, you know, talking points. But it, again, it feels like, you know, winners were being sold and guys were looking for names that have kind of lagged significantly. And uh, I think a, a few other names you can look fit in that camp would be names like MasterCard, Visa. Um, if you do see an uptick in consumer spend travel, I think, I think, you want to be buying those those type of names, you know, into the momentum, not trying to catch a falling night. But, you know, video games and, and old school kind of legacy payment credit card names, they've been massive underperformers within tech. And I think you want to be buying them as they head up versus trying to catch the falling knife. So there's a chance that maybe 
if we were to keep like just say if, if we were to keep selling off there's a chance maybe based on yesterday that that you see these these stocks these areas that have lagged you know outperform relative which yeah, yeah interesting I think, I think that's a safe a safe play if you're if you're yeah. negative on tech and you need but you need it needs some long exposure that's probably yeah. it's not a bad place to be so you look at you know video game stocks and and obviously where you'd want to avoid are the names you kind of you guys discussed earlier right to kind of uh the Kathy Wood, you know, elevated multiple, you know, sky high valuation type of names and even semis. I still like, I think semi fundamentals overall are still very healthy for the most part. Um, but you have to be a lot more selective when, within that complex. But I mean, yesterday it's just like, regardless of what, of what the, the story was for any chip stock, it got carried out. So, yeah. but I think you can, you can look within the semi space, look for the winners and kind of avoid names. I like a name like Micron was just reported last night. Well, I was going to ask you about that next. I mean, so, so you're, you're, you're just hands off. Micron here? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, the stock yeah. is, is underperformed the socks by 20% year to date. And that was coming, that was into the print. So, I mean, there's there's really nothing telling you there that, that things are going to change anytime soon. They gave a, a very disappointing guide. Their, their CapEx is going to be significantly elevated year over year. I think 20%. Management is trying to put the bullish spin on that. But I can't remember a time where you're seeing elevated CapEx. How is that not going to you know fall down and impact margins? And, and then also, you know, PCs are, are, are going through some issues, especially given the, the lingering, not lingering, ongoing shortage kind of, uh, you know, cluster, which is out there. Um, but Micron, I mean, I just don't see, you know, pricing's headed one way and that's lower. And you have to think some of their bigger customers, i.e. hyperscale, could be really licking their chops when it comes to the next uh, round of contract negotiations. The memory players don't have much uh, have much bargaining power, that's for sure. We're on the line with Joel Kleena, head of technology media trading at Wedbush Securities. Uh, let's shift over, you know, to the media stocks here. Yeah. Uh, Comcast, I mean, when a company comes out and says, hey, you know, we don't have some good news, yeah. uh, it goes down and it's continuing to go down. Uh, I, I'm just looking at the media landscape here. Disney lowers subscriptions. To me, there's just there's just too much out there. And I don't know if there's going to be any huge winners here. It's just, you know, I, I haven't looked at uh, Viacom and I haven't looked at yeah. all these different things. But, you know, I don't think I'm not cutting the cord anytime soon with Comcast. I love it. Like every time I call customer services, like we love you. You've been a customer yeah. since 1992. You're probably um, their last, you may be their last subscriber. And you're, you're, yeah, you're, but you know what? Every six months I call and I complain about my rates and they take them down. So yeah. I, I, I do have that. But um is it just like, is there going to be any big winners in this? I mean, Disney's yeah. struggling, Comcast is struggling. Like, is it to me, like, it's just yeah. like no big winners. I, I like where you're heading with the, your thought, right? I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before and ages ago, and I think, I think you're right. It's good. It's subscription fatigue. How many different subscriptions can, can people have? And I think younger generations are going to be able to be a lot more and more intelligent and more, I was, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, uh, you know, they're going to be able to hop around from sub, sub to, you know, different platform on a monthly basis, keep control of what they're paying for every month. That's the key, right? Um, you know, I actually just dropped HBO Max up here because I, I want to watch something else on a different platform on FX, I think, you know. And so I think that's going to be the key. If, if you get to get used to kind of handling your subscriptions in, a, in an intelligent, you know, economical, sensible, you know, manner, that's the risk though, right? And that leads to elevated churn. So yeah, Disney Warren, you have Comcast, they're, they're the commentary out of Goldman's Communicopia conference last week overall was was very negative. Um, you know, Disney and Comcast are probably two highlights, but I don't really can't point to anything, you know, that really stood out. 
You have value guys trying to defend the likes of Viacom, Discovery. I mean, pull up those charts. I mean, we know they got caught up in the in the Billy Wang, Arkegos blow up block stock debacle back in what feels like 18 years ago. I think it was February or March. What stock did you mention? Uh, Viacom. Viacom oh, and yeah. Discovery. I mean, those block stocks have not done anything for months. And there's, again, nothing about that charts telling me you need to go out. You need to own these stocks in your portfolio. I just don't see what's going to change the narrative. And I'll be honest with you, if the stocks move and they're 20% higher in a week from now, there's going to be a real catalyst that I'd rather be buying it into the momentum yeah. than just trying to buy something that's been dead money for a, a, a vast majority of 2021. But you're right. Funny, I was going through the fangs, the fang charts last uh, yesterday, and it's worth worth anyone just checking those out. Like obviously, you know, Amazon's, you know, a false breakout back in July. Facebook, a pretty ugly puke below its 100-day. Um but then you look at uh, look at Netflix with it still within striking distance of all time highs. And so that's still your winner. Um, you know, even though they, they missed on subs back in July, the stocks come back with a vengeance. And obviously they have a very strong second half slate. They had an event earlier this week talking up Stranger Things uh, for a new Ozark series. Oh, yeah. And I'm in the camp. I love Netflix. I mean, especially if you're a documentary type of guy. They have some good music stuff. I've, I've been listening to a Skinner thing, uh, you know. Leonard Skinner? A little bit this week. Yeah. You know, I get about 20 minutes a day where I can I can kind of. I've uh, met Leonard Skinner. Yeah, dip into a, a doc. So, I mean, oh. Netflix is a clear winner. And, and uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And then you remember, Disney warned about not just subs, but um, disruption development de- delays, which obviously right. is even more supportive for, for Netflix in, in terms of, you know, and, and Seinfeld's coming October 1st. That's going to help keep churn low. A show right. like that just helps keep churn very low. Yeah, I think what uh, actively uh, canceling and re-upping your your streaming subscriptions is going to be to this generation. What uh, what uh, playing credit cards for the points are to like our parents' generation? Because like like my dad has like at any given time like fifteen credit cards. He's always canceling and adding new ones to to, to get the points and the rewards. Oh, and like, those, yeah. that drive me crazy. And, and he's he's got a, and he's really into it. That, that's, that's like his hobby. And our, hobby, hobby, yeah. and our generation is worried about security. We're actually worried about security. Older generation, yeah. <laughs> I the Niners club going, they don't care. Yeah, yeah. My hobby is going to be <laughs> our hobbies are canceling our subscriptions. Yep. If you cancel, if you time it right, you can get a free week now when this new show is out. So, uh, yeah. Um, Let me go to Netflix here. I mean, yeah. how how's their? I mean, how's their overseas? How's their expansion going? I mean, because I see they better keep expanding. Right and getting more customer base, or they're just going to be forced to raise prices. I mean, is there going to be a point where, or is their content just so superb that people are just going to keep paying up? I mean, how much have they increased their prices? It's funny. The story goes in cycles, and obviously, but I think right now, I mean, they're they're pretty much one in one of the best position. I feel like they've been in quite some time. They've been able to absorb all the recent pricing, uh, you know, hikes that they put in over the last few years. And there's still pricing power in the model. Um, and, and, and I know what the sell side has been, you know, talking up this week, at least, is, is uh, you know, continued, uh, you know, coming out with hits from the non, non, uh, non-English uh, original content. Mm. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. It looks a little, you know, creepy to me, but the Squid Game. I, I've been meaning to get to that. It's it, it, trending number one everywhere, I think, yeah. something like that. And, 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 and even they come out then with like the untold, untold series stories kind of program and you have, uh, you know, all these little sports stories that people aren't really familiar with, which has been a hit, whether it's been, you know, the hockey one is is, is ridiculous, crime and penalties with the mobbed up team in Derrick. Oh, Dennis, do you know my, about my that My brother-in-law one? was just telling me about that oh. one last night. It's on, it's on, it's on the bucket list now. <laughs> can't, can't believe it actually happened, but it did. I never heard about it. Um, 
but you know they keep on reinventing themselves with the, these these other shows and then i mean not so but it's obviously it's it's not a, a trade probably your audience is looking to do it's obviously become a relatively a boring name i think interesting take a look at some of these chinese internets we've talked about them before me along with you know every other fast money guy out there has got their hand cut off but again i think you look at the relative outperformance yesterday in chinese internets overnight the big uh, Chinese uh, tech index only fell 80 basis points versus the NASDAQ, you know, falling 280 basis points. The K-Web's up another 1% last I checked today. So I think you, you start seeing continued relative uh, strength from these Chinese internets. I think that's it's given us a, a clear signal. You know, start dipping in, maybe keep keep tight stops. Um, but we know there's long-term value there in Alibaba, Tencent. Yeah. Um, again, this, this regulatory cycle is longer than anything we've seen before out of Beijing. Um but companies are starting to fall in line, and that's that's the key, right? Joel, I want to buy more Alibaba. I have a little piece of my portfolio. It's like at a six-year low, I think, is where yeah. it's approaching here from a valuation perspective. It looks very attractive. But then I think, well, they're just like so attacking them. I don't know. Like, are the earnings going to start dropping? Like, are their earnings numbers going to start going down because of you know of what they're you know the, what the communist uh, uh, yeah. what the China Communist Party is doing to the company? Well, I feel like a lot of the negative and, and, and the, the the downward pressure on the multiple and, and, and estimates has been priced into the stock at this level. Um, you know, now we there's some reports last week that the IPO may be back in the works as well. Um, and I think, I think, again, I think it comes down to Beijing has a goal, right? Like they obviously want their, their tech conglomerates to fall in line. And if you don't listen to Beijing and what we're, we want to do, we're clearly going to punish you. And they, their number one goal is punishing the West. And they've done that impressively to say the least. <laughs> For sure. It just, it just, but again, like I know 10 cents open up their platform to some of the competitors as well. You are starting to see signs that people are falling. I mean, I love to see Jack Ma walking around, right? That would probably yeah. be the, the big catalyst. So maybe look to Tencent as a as a better play because I mean, who knows where where Jack? Who knows where that guy is right now? It's like um, where is Waldo? But I just can't help to think. Again, you're looking at looking at the price action. They're making low. They're making higher lows. The, the regulatory headlines are subsiding. Obviously, Evergrande's taking a lot of focus away from the tech you know, onto the property, you know, under the property bubble, which has been imploding. Um, but I think if you're looking for near-term trades, um, unless you think the world is falling, I mean, China's already blown up, right? These, these stocks have blown up. Um, could you imagine if our tech names dropped 50% or whatever it was? I mean, you in a line uh, somewhere. I, 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 I shudder to think what would happen uh, yeah. if that would happen. But uh, you know, you all come to Canada. That's what you do, I guess, right? And, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? We're we're half Canadian right now um, on the show. We should like we should get picked up by CBC because we actually we're more actually we're more than a broadcasting corporate. Why? Oh, because I'm half Canadian. That's right. So yeah. we're wow. So Spencer, you're the lone American here. Uh, uh, no, I just want to ask you before we let you go. We're talking yeah. a lot about the end of the quarter. And uh, I know you're not talking to a bunch of pikers out there at uh, Wedbush. You're talking to some people that, that, you know, that have big, big holdings and it takes them a day or two or a week, you know, to move in and out of stocks. I mean, what's their outlook for Q4? I mean, we had one hell of a year. We've had off the march lower. They just, they just, this Q4, they're just going to ride off in the sunset, make a new all-time high on Christmas Eve, or do you feel a little it's, bit of caution out there in the institutional client base? I mean, it's been, it, I mean, it's been a bizarre year to say the least, right? And the bulk of my clients are, are, are long, short, you know, hedge funds. And it's been an impossibly difficult year for alpha generation to say the least. I mean, you, you go to the Reddit, Reddit implosion, then you have Billy Wang and Archegos blowing up, which has really impacted how guys use leverage. 
Um, and then we've had the China, you know, regulatory assault, you know, out of Beijing. That's, you know, and, and, you know, blew up a lot of guys, you know, P&Ls as well. And I think one of the biggest issue is that is that these long short guys, especially they can't run these concentrated short books anymore. Um, there's just too much risk that amazingly just didn't exist, you know, 10 months ago. Um, yeah. And so guys want this this year to end. Um, it seems like the bulk of people are, are you know, up low single digits seems to be the norm, um, which is obviously trailing the benchmarks uh, significantly. Um, so, I mean, you people want this year to end, but you said, I don't know, like we look, what have we seen so far in September? Right. We had the Apple Epic ruling, which kind of could upend, you know, two of the biggest tech companies yeah. you know, in the U.S. with Apple and, and Google and their, the Android, Android store. Um, you've had almost every airline in the world cut their guidance. You, you know, had a, a slew of industrials come out and warn on, on component shortages, rising costs, et cetera. Micron last night, that could be the trend. So I think people want to wait almost to what the, the tone of earnings season is going to be like. So I think we have to wait to probably the third or fourth week of October. You know, Netflix, I think, kicks it off for tech on October 19th. But it's really yeah. the following week when you hear from the, the, the more important companies, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft. Um, you know, the semiconductors across the board. So there's a lot of a lot of caution is is to say the least. Guys are, are trying to avoid the blow up. And I think that's why you're seeing people, you know, position. Guys are just being a lot more nimble. They're not trying to overtrade, overthink things and, and let this year end and hopefully uh, greener pastures in 2022. Joel Kalina, Waybush Securities. We're, Thanks, having way, we're having way too much fun, but we got to let you go. Thanks a lot, Joel. Always, yeah, always, always fun Thanks, to chat. All right, take care. All right. I got I to tell the Leonard Skinner story. Now, I've never told this one. Okay. 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 So, you know, the band Leonard Skinner, they were named, it was named after their gym teacher. Leonard Skinner. You didn't was, know that? I thought it was the principal, but whatever. Well, principal. Who I thought cares? it was a gym teacher. Who cares? Anyways, uh, this is, I don't know how many years ago, down in Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, Lisa has a conference. My buddy Ira flies down and to, we're golfing while Lisa's at the conference. And we decide to go check out the town. And so we're in the town. And we go to this bar, and Ronnie, Von, uh, one of the Van Zandt brothers, uh -huh. is singing at a bar. All right. And he goes, I just want to give a shout out to Leonard Skinner for showing up tonight. And Ira and I turn around, we go to the back of the bar, and there's this older, heavy set guy with this big gray ponytail. And we go up to him and we go, oh, man, we're, you know, we're so happy to meet you. And, uh, you know, what, what was it like being around those kids in high school? And he looked at us, he goes, trouble. And then that was it. And I don't even think that, that was the principal or the gym. Teacher? Was it the principal or the gym teacher? Wait, you met the actual you guy? You met the actual uh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it was like pre-cell phone. I mean, I probably well, had a awesome. cell phone, but I probably oh, had like a bag in my car with a cell phone. So I couldn't do a, a, a selfie or anything with them. But yeah, I met the actual Leonard Skinner. Well, wow. So they're saying in the chat it was a gym teacher, apparently. So. It was a gym teacher. Right. You know, one of my right. favorite bands of all time. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, incredible. Okay. Freebird. Let's play Freebird. We, we got – let's not – we'll get in trouble. Uh, five minutes before <laughs> – We will. Five minutes. We're getting in trouble. Five minutes before the end of the show. Four minutes now. Do some ticker time. Let's do uh here because I saw a few people mention agree. Uh, G R E the old support.com is getting a rating this morning from B Riley. 
They're giving it a uh, – actually, I don't even remember what they gave it. So they gave it a, a, a buy rating, yeah. A it buy was a $76 price target they gave it. Yeah, for, for what? what stock? $78. Is this the old support.com, SPRT, that did the oh, move? And the re- is it, what, what was it, a reverse split or something where they took you know most of your shares away? Because when, when we didn't like Agreed. this on the show one month ago, it was equivalent to $370, and I said I'd sell it. It's 30 I, so I it's 90% since I said I would I, sell I, it I just, want to show, I just want to show my thinkorswim chart, which I, I've never seen this kind of chart, before, this pattern before. Is, is this in the textbooks, this pattern? I, I, I don't quite know. That's wrong. That's a wrong chart, though, because no, it's it was not. an adjustment. No, I know, but it doesn't have the adjustment. So Yeah, so you're right. missing the adjustment. It's literally trading at equivalent of like $3 or something Yeah, where it was at 30 who, So who there's was, an adjustment in there. All right. Who was the firm? B. Uh, Riley. Uh, B. Riley. Can we cheat him and how? Yeah. No. Well, they're okay. <laughs> you know what? I, some of the little boutiques like B. Riley get a lot of because they don't feel like they have as many conflicts of interest. And you'd be shocked at how, and they cover some of the smaller stocks and these smaller boutique firms, but they can really move stocks. I mean, this is up 30% this morning because of this rating. 100% yeah, well, for sure. Of this so I'm I don't know. Like the thing was three hundred, the equivalent of it on the adjusted chart, which mine is adjusted. It was three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month ago. It's thirty bucks. Can it go to forty? Sure, could. I don't know where it's going. This is too hard to trade. I tried to buy it last night when I saw the rating come out, and it was like people were lifting twenty-six, and I'm like, I'm not paying up ten percent. I should have paid up ten percent for it. I knew it would move on it. I saw it. You know, somebody tweeted it out, and then you know you see the rating, and you're like. Ah, yeah. 26. Do I want to pay two bucks? <laughs> and then I'm like, 27 goes, 28 goes. I'm like, okay, yeah, I should have bought 26. But $30, and you know, I, I don't know. This thing could go anywhere. I'm not even going to comment on it at this point in time. I was a seller at $370. I'd still be a seller at $370. Okay, I stand corrected. It's do we cheat him and how, not okay. can we cheat him. <laughs> Did you see what I put up on my upper on the upper right chart? No touch. No boss, no technical analysis. Not okay. It does not deserve from, my technical wizardry. Quickly, from, Mar- from Martin in the chat, he wants Kinder Morgan, KMI. Either of you have thought. Oh, KMI. Dividends, nice. When If they still like dividends. It's rallied up. Oil services. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like oil stocks. So that's one, one reason not to own Kinder Morgan. 6.36% dividend is nice. It hasn't kept up with some of the others, no, but I think it's a all. more conservative play. I, I like it, you know, from a technical basis, a little pullback. It's been moving, though. We've had a big move. It's a big move. For I don't Morgan, know. 15, I mean, relative 17. strength on this thing. Crude goes, makes a new high for the move. I mean, and I know they're not. probably a little bit more diversified. Uh, but And they've just been around forever paying that fat dividend. So, you know, buy it on dips. Dollar cost, you know, DCA. DCA, it is Spencer, coined a new term on Wall Street. Uh, not a new know, term. Yeah, DCA. That is That is so not a new term. Are you kidding me? Dollar cost average? Come on. No, dollar cost average is not, but you would like the fancy, you know, you know, TCA it. Like oh you're some God. big fun you, you, you got you guys. You guys. Okay. All It'll right. be too hard on Spencer. Okay. I like okay. the dividend, but I need to pull back. All right. We got to wrap it up, guys. It's 9 o'clock. The Benzinga Smart. They're giving me heat on Fisker again. Again. Why I'm do you guys give Dennis heat? Why do you guys give heat? Fisker, you $4 billion dollar market cap. Lucid, $40 billion dollar market cap. It's ten percent. So Fisker is still speculative. Lucid, they're pricing in like it is the next Ferrari. 
If Lucid was a $4 billion market cap, I might actually be long into my speculative portfolio. But it's not. It's $40 billion. It's 10 times more. Is it 10 times better than Fisker? We don't know. I mean, Fisker is still at least a speculative play. When you're buying $40 billion companies, is it going to $400 billion? I don't know. But could Fisker go to $40 billion and become Lucid? I think there's a better chance that Fisker could go to $40 billion than Lucid go to $400 billion. And that would be the same thing. It'd be a 1,000% gainer. Okay, speculative capital. Hey, Dennis, call yeah. me if your phone's working. Call me after you're open, okay? All right. Okay, everyone, have a great rest of your day. Smash that like button, please. Let's get this. I don't. I haven't even looked at likes today, but uh, I've been distracted. So hit that like button, and please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. The Benzinga Small Cap Healthcare Conference is live. We're going live right now. Right when this show ends, the stream will redirect to that stream, and you'll see Brent. You'll see me. And we'll be on. And that's that's going to be it. So everyone have a good rest of your day. Go look at the open. Stay green. See you at our healthcare conference. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.